To me and my podcast listeners, welcome to the last installment of the Ten of Swords event. I'm your host, Professor Dom Torres, and here at my figurative side and on the streaming side, because we are live streaming from Livet, is my co-host and great friend, comic book creator Dylan Gray. How are you doing today, sir? You know what? I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm not looking forward to this podcast because a majority of it is just going to be you being a filthy with all of your summer loving because that I feel like was the main kind of theme of most of these last four issues. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to just sit here and keep quiet and just listen to you gush over all the Cyclops and Gene and Cable, excuse me, cord content. Thank you, Jonathan Hickman, for writing these amazing issues. As as my uh, my my co-host continues to uh, slander um, my favorite family at Marvel because he's a bloody and, and that 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 just happens. Um, anyways, guys, before we before we delve in, I want to again let you all know that the podcast again officially has an email uh, where you guys can send in. Your comments, your questions, and me and Dylan will be here to answer them. Uh, you know, hopefully, if we have time and, and all of that, uh, let us know at domofxpodcast at gmail.com. That's at domofxpodcast at gmail.com. And again, with all the amazing creators at the table, my man Jonathan Hickman, overarching story <laughs> with Teeny Howard, Jerry Duggan, Mahmoud Asrar on art, Pepe Laraz, Phil Noto, and Stefano Caselli doing the interior work. Now we got cable. Or I should say Cord, because that's the official name that we now have uh, licensed uh, to him as the actual Ten of Swords. Right? You know what? We're actually I'm actually gonna flip this on you. We're gonna we're gonna push the summer's love aside. I'll, I'll save that for later. Can we just appreciate this uh, last fight of of Gorgon? Um, as I I felt I, I was like, holy crap. This this man just annihilated. It was I don't know. I did not expect him to die, but the way I think that he went out was really really uh, well done. In the fact that he literally destroyed the entire Iraqi army with his two swords. Like what better way to go out than that? Yeah, I have, dude. Uh, I know I said in the last X of Swords episode that the storm content was my favorite, but when I read this. Oh my god. As as someone that actually practices with katanas, like I'm actually trained, I do Iado and, and Kendo and stuff like that. It was just magnificently done to see him go out the way he did, to see him just fighting all those dudes and to and to kind of level the playing field. You know, to level the playing field. Cause that's what he did. They were loot the Krakoans were losing by so many points. But because um what's his name? The dude, the white dude? With a white sword. His, his name is literally called the white sword. The white sword. Yeah, the white sword. Um, when he, he just like is sending, he's just like, hey, if you, you know, you beat all my army and then you can fight me. And he's like, yo, all right, I'll fight them all, whatevs. And then he just keeps taking them out one at one. And he's, he's sitting there and he's like on his way out. And he's like, I'm going to resurrect you and you're going to follow suit. He's like, I'll never do it, bro. Uh, that's it. Like, this is me. I'm done. And he gets stabbed and dies. And the White Sword has so much respect for him that he doesn't bring him back. And even Apocalypse, Apocalypse is like, take notes, you guys. That's how mutants die. And it was just like, it was such a powerful moment. And like, Gorgon is always, like, I always respected him. Do not get me wrong. Like, I always he was always a asshole and a bad guy, but I always respected him. And this little scene right here was just magnificently done and made me have like different kind of feelings for him like like more like he he went out in an honorable way which is something i was not expecting from a, a jerk like that it's it's really interesting because this this person again he is a nihilist he doesn't he he doesn't he's not exactly the, the kindest person on earth like hell like when he was introduced never the nicest person on planet earth or in Krakoa. but here you have one of the captain commanders of Krakoa coming out like this I think, again, if there was any way to send him off, this would have to be it. Literally, again, fighting the entire Iraqi demon army and winning against all of them. Like, how awesome and how powerful is that? Literally, this one person holding up these two 
swords. It, it, uh, I think it was, it's uh, the Grass Cutter and Dodd Killer. And just literally slicing and dicing that entire army that couldn't be annihilated. And he literally annihilated them in, in just one fell swoop. It is... It was really well written. I, again, I, what a great send off uh, for Gorgon and and for his character. Yeah, really upset, especially after reading that scene that we're not going to get more of him. We really haven't had much Gorgon content, but every time he shows up, he fucks shit up. I remember in X Men Four, was it? X-Men it was X Men Four. Yeah, it was X Men Four. X Men Four. When he's taken on the humans and he just cuts all their hands off and says, yeah, you know, I'm not going to kill you guys because we're not supposed to. But, like, you're going to live forever knowing that you lost to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was, honestly, that's that's probably my favorite Gorgon content, uh, like, period. Uh, we literally was, well, like, while Scott is, like, trying to, uh, struggling against some of them, like, Gorgon is just literally s- slicing the limbs off of every Orcus member. And just does it, and and he stands up, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I deal with it. Like you guys have to face me. That's what you have to had to fight with." And I really want to see if they try, or at least sort of attempt to resurrect him. But you know, with all the other world stuff, you know, the the Gorgon that we could get won't be the same Gorgon. Uh, obviously, it won't. But uh, it's powerful. And yeah, it was well written and powerful enough for me for me to respect. The fact that he won't come back, the, that this version won't come back, it does leave another seat open next to Cyclops at the uh, Krakoan commander table. But yeah, like Apocalypse is telling him, like that's how a mutant dies. It's that's again, it's great character work for him, and just and then another um, amazing character moment in uh, in this Ten of Swords event. Who do you think is going to be the captain that steps up in the Reign of X? I guess this is actually my question. Why wasn't Wolverine there in the first place? I know that like he and because Scott... He's in, the CIA, he's in the CIA. Yeah. He needs to be in the background. He needs to be doing the stealth Forget... stuff. He doesn't need to be on the forefront. That's why. Forget background. like Because it's, it's weird for me because Cyclops is one of the more righteous sort of mutants. And we get to see that later in this event. Uh, why... All of a sudden, like, he's working with a nihilist, like, like, Gorgon. Like, I know that Scott and Logan don't get along in the same, but they always had, I think, a mutual respect for each other where it's like, okay, there's that. But him and Gorgon are like, okay, well, one's a Boy Scout. The other person just wants to kill you once you step foot on his, uh... I, I always found that interesting. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea who's going to step up in, in Gorgon's place uh, at this time. What do you think? Um, <laughs> with the endless supply of mutants, it could be anyone. Um, maybe, maybe another one of the summers. Um, no, we don't need maybe, any. More. We don't need any more summers. Family. Even you're like, even you're like, nope, no more summers. I'm done. Like that's how much. That's how much the summers are involved with the government. You're just like, nope. I'm even. No, done. bro. I'm, we I got love summers, but no. Like we have, we have. But sun- what about what about? What about uh, what about a little what about Iceman? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's a marauder, but like, does he need to still be there? Like, he's an Omega level mutant. He should be kind of living, working as a captain. He should be used there for for defense. You know, he's got the ice powers. I mean, come on. How about uh, your your good pal? And we'll talk about that when we get into our reign of X predictions. Would you would you accept Legion as a possible captain commander of Krakoa? Absolutely not. The dude is insane. I do know. He should not be. He shouldn't even be on the island. Like, even though it's his right to be there, I don't think he should be anywhere, bruh. He should be hanging out with Moira, protecting Moira, as far as I'm concerned. That's where he should be. Like, just give him something simple. Put him, send him to the vault, you know? <laughs> Legion is, is awesome. Great character. Super powerful. But no, he should he should be gone doing something keep him busy have him fighting the kree and scrolls have him doing something where he can just really mess stuff up but no he should not be involved with protection of krakoa oh that's completely fair it's completely fair like for all i know gosh i don't even know who's gonna step but like they could just pull someone out and i'll be like yo okay i guess that's fair i 
I don't know. I think they'll keep that tab open until it comes up again because I don't think Scott can run everything by himself along with uh, Magic and Bishop. But yeah, I, I would I would not mind the Iceman theory. Uh, I think he can be a very capable commander. In tri- we already saw in Marauders how Iceman literally just wiped the floor of the pirates on the ship. It, it, I, I'd, I'd completely be up for that. Yeah, he, he jumped on that ship and he froze everything and he said, look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Speaking of captains, uh, this has nothing to do with captain, but let's take a short little break and we'll get back into the Ten of Swords content uh, right here on the Dom of X. We'll be right back. To my podcast listeners, The Grand Geekery is the best show for all news on pop culture, as well as a diversified variety of segments, conventions, and everything nerdy. Hosted by our very own Tyler McPhail and with Lamar Harris, the show runs twice a month and is available on all platforms. Please go ahead and check it out at The Grand Geek Gathering or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Alright guys, welcome back to the Dom of X show, uh, where we are talking about... It's not the Dom of X show. No, no, it's not. Now, it's going to be Dominic talking about how much he loves the Summer Family show, is what what this next segment is going to be. Let's be real. <laughs> okay, you know what, let's completely be real, and let's completely... Let's, you know what, let's just get this out of the way before we get into the actual uh, Summer's Family concept. Cable. This is this is an actual interesting part because I I legitimately thought that Cable was gonna die. <laughs> there, there was a possibility. It was an actual legit possibility that Cable was gonna die. Our cord was gonna die. I should yes. say. Okay, and I agree with you for that. But and because my theory was before reading all the Cable books that he was going to die and they were going to resurrect him and he was going to come back as old Cable, but. We know because the timeline is linear that he's going he's gonna stay alive. He's he's literally getting pummeled to the ground and I guess By the power of love, Bay convinces Bay convinces or Cypher convinces Bay. Bay con, Cypher convinces Bay to not smother cable to the ground and hey, like I did not I don't know. I did not oddly expect that. I was expecting a whiplash. And you know what? I, I don't know. I, I got completely fooled by by that segue. I, I was like, yeah, I'm prepared. I don't know. I, point still went to Arachno, though, which I, I should I should still mention um, that part. And it really, you know, and that was during that whole sequence where he's fighting, it really showed, it really showed how young he is. You know, he's getting beat up and he calls out for his dad, you know, (laughs) like we forget because we're so used to Cable being an old grumpy asshole that this Cable is young. He's a teenager, you know. He he's gonna call for his daddy when someone's breaking, like shattering his arm. You know. Speaking of dad, can I just say, I you know, all right, this is this is actually going to be the part where it turns from the Dom of X show to the Dom stands the Summers Family show. And I just say that I am ecstatic that my favorite couple in Marvel Comics, and thank you, Jerry Duggan, you are the best X writer. Thank you, Jonathan Hickman, for giving me this moment of levity and happiness. This is the first. Mouth-to-mouth kiss, I think we've had overall in Hickman-era X-Men. And it came from the fact, it came from the OG2, or the o- or part of the OG5, I guess I should say. Scott and Jean finally, finally, finally put their lips together in an expression of love towards each other in this Ten of Swords event. And I, and I know you're not satisfied with it, but you know what, me, as a filthy, I am utterly completely emotionally satisfied with this with this turnout i'm happy i'm happy that my favorite couple kissed they finally did it and and, and i'm glad that the vitriol coming from your bit and i love that you're you're rolling your eyes right now you guys now. can't see you guys can't see but i rolled my eyes so much so much there oh my god i mean yes no I know. I love. I love how happy you are that these two 
were the first kiss in in the era of in this new era of X Men. Has to be your favorite couple. <laughs> I know, I know, you hate you're it, but hey, filthy. like you're such a. I don't know. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't. I just. I. I'm okay. I. I want to make. I am a bloody, but I am still. I still appreciate Cyclops and know his worth and his importance to the X Men, and the the relationship with him and Gene is is always fine. I prefer him. Okay, with Emma. Uh -huh. Okay. Oh. I prefer him with Emma, but you know, yeah, you know I mean. I you know what? It's just I'm I'm just emotionally you know if it had come from that I I wouldn't be bad either, but this is coming from me as as someone who's I, like these two I think have been, and we'll get to see this when we eventually talk about X Men number fifteen. These two have been at the heart of X Men, for literally since they were created. You know we talk about I want to even call it the OG seven. You know like the original five plus Savior plus Magneto. I think they constituate. Now, the OG7, and, and what these two have gone through, because these two have literally gone through a bunch of death, they can't die right. I think that's actually one of my only problems with the two, is that neither of them can die right in any situation. But it's just that what, I like comfort. I appreciate that these two got a moment of levity in, in all of this, that they get to be parents, they get to be a couple, they get to be happy, they got their own son, he almost died. Um, and, and I guess making things right, it's... I don't know. I feel, and, and again, like, it's just, I just want, I just wanted levity. And this is, this is exactly what it was. It was, you know, we almost get to see, you know, characters die. We, we literally got to see Gorgon die, but among all of this, like characters can still have their moments and still, you know, do their own thing. And it's something that I, I actually respect Hickman Juggin and the whole X office for, for actually having this out in a long winded war between the two islands. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's a nice moment. It's a nice moment. <laughs> That's all I was going to say. Uh, speaking of, of nice moments, we're actually going to continue the, the sort of summer's love, I think, in X-Men number 15. Because this, I think, is just where... I think this is, this is where I think the plot is going to roll along with these two. And we're going to see what the trajectory is uh, between uh, both, of, both Scott and, and Jean as the you know, ongoing continues. I actually like the fact that these two are sort of paired off here, and it, I'd actually rather have it these two than, say, any other part. Because at the end, I think at the end of the day, even though Psyche has definitely had his moments post a new, new X-Men and him becoming a mutant revolutionary in and of himself, he still, at the heart, has always been that righteous Boy Scout that people either love him or hate for. And the fact that he is now starting his own trend and, and thinking way of, holy snap, like, is what I'm doing right, is what we're doing right, is, is this whole entire premise of Krakoa, is everything here right? I love the fact that he for himself is thinking he gets, again, his own character levity moments, and the voice that Hickman gives him is ridiculously strong. Like, just again, whole thinking of whatever's happening on with the tournament, and now it's finally come to this point where he's becoming his own man in light of, you know, the past year of X-Men that's happened. It's, it's just really good character work. And I want to see more of this righteous Captain America-like Boy Scout Cyclops, and Hickman writes him really well. Like, I love him. Yeah, no, um, he definitely has a chip on his shoulder. He definitely... Even though he's always been the type to, to like listen to the rules and do that, he he's like it's a it's a new world. He he has his family. He has he wants to be there for them because this is what he's always wanted. He literally said it. This is what I've dreamed about. We have paradise. We have a family. We can be together. So so at the end of the day, like I I I really like even the speech that he says with. To Xavier, like in front of the council, is like this is what I need to do, and I'm going to take people with me. And uh, if I if we lose our standing as captain and council member, so be it, because I was raised better than this. And Xavier's like, you're right, you were, you know. I'm pretty it's Papa's that yeah, Papa Xavier <laughs> and and son son Scott. I think that that's that's a interesting moment of levity i also find it interesting that gene's going to be the one see here's the thing and i'm and again i'm, I'm actually glad that it's it's her and say not 
Catherine, Emma, whoever the hell else want, wanted to go with him. I'm like Kurt too. Kurt wanted to go, and then with the suicide mission as well. I actually like the fact that it's Gene. I think paired up with him, and, and not anyone. Again, I think that these two. I want Hickman to prove this to you. I, I really do because I think if anyone can, it's definitely him. I want him to prove to you that the couple can work under this extreme dire circumstance and the fact that it can be written well without all this soap opera drama. And I want Hickman to prove to you that Cyclops is going to be one of, if not the, stars of the Reign of X and that an actual story with him at the helm can be written well. I think this is a mission. This is a mission for me. And for Johnny to prove to you that Scott Summers is the best mutant on Krakoa, or is one of them anyways. And literally, I think this is how the whole Reign of X trajectory is going to go. Him and Gene, like them doing all the, uh, Gene leaving the council too. This is, this is a proving point for Jonathan Hickman. This is a proving point for him to get you convinced that Scott <laughs> is, is going to be the man for the Reign of X. I, that's that's okay. Uh, it, I think it's going to go a different direction than you're thinking because now they're just citizens, right? They've they've proven that like they've stepped down from their positions of power. Actually, now that I think about, it, I don't think Cyclops has stepped down from his no position, no because because if because if a council member went with Scott, they would be removed from that that seat of power, and Jean like now gets removed. From that seat of power, and she's no longer a council member. So Scott is still captain commander of the island, but Gene is no longer a decision maker on uh, Kirkoan politics and terms. I mean, that's okay. I'm okay with her not being being. Yeah, because being you hate you there. hate all of my characters, Dylan. <laughs> I, don't, I just like I've always said. I just think Gene has just never ever been written well. It's always the same story. Cyclops, on the other hand, has been written well, sir. Okay, I actually do appreciate Astonishing X Men Cyclops. That was one of my favorites, and not just because he was with Emma. No, I think that I just I just I think you're right, but I think that it's going to be interesting to see where he rises because he was able to get a crew. A crew of heavy hitters to go with them into into uh, other world and fight. You know, not just anyone could do that. But he, when he put out the call, people listened. And I, 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 you know, I'm a I'm a bloody, but I I still respect Cyclops. Okay, don't get it wrong. I just think he's just such a boy scout. Okay. You know what? No, I. This is this is literally going to be my proven point to you. That the trajectory that these two mutants are on, Scott and Gene, and they hold hands because I, I, I'm gonna again. I, I told you I'd nail it to you when I when we get to the time. And now I, I, you're still rolling your eye. That's fine. Um, it's just that what they what these two I think have set up for them is going to be an awakening of their own. Um, Again, as a, as a, as both citizens of of the island and and X Men now, because the X Men have reformed on Krakoa uh, under Cy- under right. Scott and Jean, um, which I, this is this is the biggest decision and one that again it it makes sense considering that both of these have been or both Scott and Jean I should say rather have have been more the righteous mutants or or the the the, the goodness or the, you know like embracing that and. Again, I, I honestly think that is go that the next couple of years of X Men are going to be a big awakening for these two. I can't wait to see what Hickman has planned for Scott and Jean, what what and what they're going to find out uh, as as the saga moves along. Um, and now with Jean not being on the council, and I know I know you don't care for it. Um, I honestly want to see what what Hickman does with Jean because I, I, again, like I think he can. He's going to break barriers. I, I am really excited to see what what these well, two. You know, have... even even with her, even with her being on the council, I mean, she still went off and did some X Force stuff. She did some. She she's been she's staying busy. She's not just sitting there, you know, politicking and you know kissing hands and shaking babies. Gina's been getting her hands dirty. You know, she's been putting in the work. So I mean, is the only thing that's going to change is she's just not going to be a decision maker. That's what I think. 
That's you know, that's completely fair. I think when we get to X-Force Volume 2, she she does do something. Uh, we'll, we'll cover that when it comes to it. But again, I'm again I'm excited for the trajectory that these two are on because these two do deserve to be mutant revolutionaries at, at the end of the day, at least in my opinion. And I, I, I am excited to see... Uh, with with these again, what what the plan? What are the plans between the both of them in the regular X Men book? Because that is a Summers Clan book. They, these two will be here in and out of that book. So hey, like bring it on, Jonathan. Bring it on. I want to see what happens. I'm, I'm glad that Scott actually gets really written well. Like again, the the voice for Scott in Ten of Swords and in X Men. Like, good stuff from Jonathan. It's really well done. Definitely. I'm. I. I am. I have never. I haven't seen as well of uh cyclops writing in years like this is just so good like he's doing a very good job with him i i like what he's doing with the character and just just you know keeping it simple you know we've seen him as a leader we've seen him as as a follower we've seen him as a lieutenant and to see him now as a captain uh com- captain commander um is, is where he's not like fully in charge but he's he's in charge a really good uh, important role in on the island and of the government of krakoa it's 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 good. It's good. He's at a ru- he's at a really good place. He he's basically the Commissioner Gordon of Krakoa, right? He is. He is indeed. Uh, and and I love the 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 way or before uh, Gene and Scott, I, again they hold hands. Blah, blah, blah. But before Gene and Scott head off to you know, to I know I know I know I know. Uh, before they head off I to, I just rolled my eyes again, guys. I just <laughs> rolled my eyes again. Just so, you know. so before they hold, it's it's a really cute moment. Before they head off to Arako, I love the fact that uh, Magneto is the one who says "good boy" to Scott, or as Scott heads out, and not Xavier. I think it's interesting because I think that Magneto has had more of his, his philosophy has waned less than Xavier's. I think in in the in in all the years that like they've been a thing, or they've been characters. Uh, Magneto's definitely the one. That hasn't uh, hasn't you know waned as much as far as uh, his position on human and mutant coexistence goes. He's always been that staunch. We can't you know they can't coexist, and it's you know part of why I think Xavier adopted that philosophy when they went onto Krakoa. And the fact that we actually get to see the council talk about this and and Scott talking about what it what it means to be a hero, what it means to be an X Man instead of a Krakoan. That that honestly was the most touching part. Like for me, I know that you know we had the storm fight, we had the Gorgon, you know, throwaway. Uh, the most important part to me was was honestly, yeah, this, the Scott Jean stuff, obviously, and and Scott telling the council what a hero was. So I, I think at the end of the day, they, they they got they got the Boy Scout part right. Like Hickman gets the Boy Scout part so right, um, and. It is really, again, really well-written stuff, and, and I'm glad that, that Scott told off the council like that. Again, It was moving. Stuff. It really, it was moving. It was inspiring. It's everything that a leader should. Like, it was literally Captain America-level inspirational, and that is what it means to write a Boy Scout. Is is You could just sit here and just be a good guy and always be prepared and yada, yada, yada. That's easy part of writing it. No. To be inspirational and to move people to get them to follow you—that's what makes, that's what a great writer is going to bring to this. And he did, he did, and he he literally like grand slammed that shit right there. I was so impressed with it, you know. Even even it being Cyclops saying it, I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> just a, little, no, just a light roast, just a light <laughs> roasting for Dom there. Oh my gosh. Oh no! Really good stuff from Jonathan. And again, I can blabber about it all day about how he brought my my favorite couple into it, and I know all this, all that. But at the end of the day, Cyclops gets his moment in in and again an issue or at an event where he doesn't have a sword. Really glad he gets to shine. Really glad get Gene gets to shine as well. Um, heartwarming stuff there. Also, with in the in this fact, as the council is talking, as as Scott and Gene debate on the ethics of actually getting onto, uh, getting onto the isle or the other world and 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 getting their troops in, I I love the Nightcrawler part. If you if you if you didn't catch this, where Nightcrawler literally yes said I'm glad of you all that up. I've all this talk about swords. He's literally like, why wasn't I invited? 
I, I was Swash Buckler. I, he, he was speaking for every single Nightcrawler fan right there. <laughs> like, it's so Straight awesome. up. Because Mike that I work with over at the comic book store said the exact same thing. Like, why isn't Nightcrawler in it? He's the only one that's an actual swordsman besides magic. It, it Straight up. He literally, again, I, I'm actually kind of offended that he wasn't invited in the first place. He could have been, like, reading his Bible and... and, and Fighting off like some of these Arakoan peeps, like that, that would be cool. <laughs> like double whammy, yeah, for real. I I I actually am wondering. Well, think li- about yeah. think about the think about the narration. Okay, him literally fighting demons and him fighting himself and like there's there's so much they could have done with that. It's kind of disappointing, but they're they they have to be leading towards something big. They have to be why they're not using Nightcrawler as much as they should. He's such a great character. There, what's what's going on? We've only gotten really one good issue of him doing stuff, and that was the issue seven. Um, the, issue seven, yeah, the Crucible called? one, yeah, the Crucible where the Crucible, yes, which was by far the best, the best Nightcrawler content I've ever read in my entire life. It was unbelievably good. It may, it was just well done, and I, I, we haven't seen much. We didn't see much before. We didn't see much after. Oh wait, no, he was no wait, wait, wait. He was the original. He was the five, right? He was part of the no, five, the no. Five. He was a giant size X Men character. No, he came... I mean on, on in oh yeah, in the yeah. beginning of Hawks. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So he, he did was... have, okay. So he did do some stuff. He did do some stuff. Okay. He was with Wolverine fighting on Orcus. He died with with again a really touching speech from the both of them and came back. Uh, but yeah, I I am sort of we yeah we need more Nightcrawler content. Like, what are you guys doing? And, and again, we'll, we'll hope we'll, when we get to our reign of X hopefuls and, and predictions and all that, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little more. But yeah, like Nightcrawler should have been in the event, like hands down. Like, come on, this guy is an actual person who wields a sword. Like, where is it? Um, and yeah. to be well, I mean, think about it, dude. Like, there wasn't really much sword fighting going on in the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> with, all, with it being a being a book uh, event called X of Swords, there was barely any swords. It's like freaking City of Bane, which only had Bane in it for like a couple issues. Uh, you know what? Yep, <laughs> that's up. You know what? Oh, yeah. sorry, we triggered Dom, guys. We triggered you. you how I've been rolling my eyes. He just rolled his eyes at City of Bane. <laughs> so yeah, as, as I talk summer stuff is like yeah let's bring up a, yeah that's a completely different story for a completely different time but yeah uh gene talks kurt out of it and i'm actually glad that kurt gets to stay on on the council uh which again it more interesting stuff and more you know I, I you know what i also liked i like that scott lied to kate about uh getting into the the, the fight because i i love Catherine. i love kate or because that's, I guess, yeah, I love Kate when she's, like, this energetic, hopeful, like, yeah, like, I'm gonna go do stuff, like, because I think in terms of, you know, her as a character, she's, a, she's as righteous, I think, as many of these other uh, same righteous people are, like, you know, she, I think she has the same moral compass as Scott, as Jean, as Kurt, like, she's got the same sort of goodness inside her, and she actually wants to do right. I, I, I honestly just love that Scott just lied up to her face and said, yo, we're going through a gate. <laughs> and she's like, dang it. I thought that was a really funny punchline. That had nothing to do with the whole thing, but I thought that was a really great comedic moment there. Definitely, definitely. Like, uh, yeah, no, come on. But uh, it's a gate. Ah, damn it. I hope they explain why. There's got to be an explanation at some point. It's it's starting to get to the point where I'm upset. Like I want an explanation, Hickman. Why can't she go through gates? And That's don't just good... be the explanation. She can go through anything except for the gate because I'll be upset about that. It's got to be something to do with her DNA. And even though again, we both know that she's a mutant. Thank God. Uh, we we actually do want a pretty concrete explanation. You know, what? I have faith in Jerry Duggan. I have faith in Jonathan Hickman that they will actually give us a concise argument. Why she can't go through the Krakoan Gate? Because Marauders is an awesome book, and everyone should be reading it, plain and simple. Yep. Uh, Hands down. Listen, listen to the professor, guys. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I I also found this part interesting because Apocalypse. I thought I honestly, legitimately thought that Apocalypse was going to lose his sword because we actually do get a sword fight between Apocalypse and Genesis, uh, or Apocalypse's wife, I should say. It ends up with yeah, she's Je- not, is she 
Is she? Oh, she is. Gen- she's. Uh, she's death. No, not death. She's what annihilation. She? War. No, annihilation. That's right. Annihilation. Sorry. Indeed. She's annihilation. Which is basically the the annihilation is the helmet itself that makes you annihilation. But yes. Right. And and apocalypse beats her. Uh, I found. Yeah, and then she puts the freaking helmet back on, and then we get pretty much a big sword, or just a big overall fight um, in the last uh, two issues, and pretty much what is the finale of Ten of Swords with Excalibur 15, and then uh, Ten of Swords Destruction. Uh, again, Pepe, can we can, can we just give another round of applause to Pepe Lebras for uh, just the art? I, I, I again, like, how do you think these splash pages? Okay, like I don't, I have no words for the amount of effort and beauty he's placing into these images, like these weird creatures, and the fact that we get three big issues, three one shots of them, and filled with them, just awesome. Like that, that is so cool on every single level. Definitely, definitely. I mean, come on now. Let's uh, just everything behind it. Just the the love that they they like, even with all the hatred and the thousands of years of brooding, they, there's there's still love there. There's they still want to be together, even though it's very complicated. It's so true. It's so true. Did you also notice that Dupe had another cameo? In I did see that. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. I was so ju- like that means we're gonna. Oh, that's. I can't wait. I can't freaking wait. Let's get some dupe action, guys. I want some dupe action, yo. He wants to. And Gwenpool was. Did you also notice? Yeah, you know what? This is again not related to the tournament. I actually found this interesting, and I actually went back and and picked up. I shouldn't say picked up, but I read the first volume or like the recent Gwenpool stuff or like the most recent stuff of her. She was apparently retconned. She apparently retconned herself to be a mutant because of, again, the amount of energy and and just the overall fan reception of positivity with the whole Hickman line. She noticed this and she was like, hey, what if I make myself a mutant? So she made herself a mutant and she's in the Ten of Swords Destruction uh, one shot and she's fighting with the Krakoans. I don't know. I just so there's really- not any actual... It, there's not any actual book or anything that we 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 see this in. It just kind of pops up and happens, right? They, it's like a behind the scenes kind of retcon that happens. Or I I am not sure. I will let the listeners know on the next podcast uh, about the whole when pool stuff and where they can find that out because I think it's because because my relationship with Deadpool is weird and, and this goes for all of the pool stuff. When pool or Deadpool. All the, all the pools. All the pools. All, all, all the pools. pools. All the pools. Uh, because, yeah, the humor has to land. It has to actually make me feel something for me to enjoy it. Uh, so, like, the, the whole content with them is weird. The breaking the fourth wall is weird. Uh, especially because Gwenpool is an actual person uh, who lives in our world and breaks the fourth wall and, and does all this stuff. I really want to read more of her someday because I, I, I need... Fun fluff books once in a lifetime. Yeah. Anyways, guys, I, I she would. Has, let... She has gotten a lot of real uh, good reception from fans and stuff. So she has. I mean, I... If, if, to see if Hickman wants to play with her, I'm totally on board with that. Sure. You know what I mean? I I never personally read anything. I I respect her kind of backstory because her backstory is she's from our world and goes into the Marvel universe, and because she's read all the comics, she knows all the stuff, and she's able to become a superhero that way. Like, she goes to Spider-Man's like, what's up, Peter Parker? And he's like, whoa, how do you know that? And you're like, because I'm Gwimple or whatever. I don't, I don't know the whole scene, but yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, figure, again, we'll figure all that stuff out, guys, when we eventually get to it. But you know what? When when Scott and Gene uh, you know, re- or remake the X-Men and get all the mutants in. You know what I did immediately? I immediately put on... I went on YouTube. I looked up the X-Men animated series theme. Blasted it on full as this whole fight went on. Because I just <laughs> wanted... Amazing. I love that. I wanted the whole... Like, literally, G literally saying to me my X-Men as a whole fight ensues. And she and Scott and all of them. Like, blah, blah, blah. And pow, pow. And all this stuff. 
it gave me those vibes. It gave me that animated series scene where all the X-Men are flying into and the logo plays. It's just so awesome. I, I really had to do it. I, I couldn't I couldn't resist. Yeah. I totally... Damn it, now I need to reread it so I can do that. Because that's probably... <laughs> I, I, that's awesome. That's a great way to read that. <laughs> I mean, it's just this wish, big... You know what? Hey, X-Office. X-Office. From now on, you need to have an editor note in a caption that says, play the X-Men animated theme song at this point while you read this. Like, when there's, like, certain action points. Because that would be amazing. Absolutely. 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 Um, and, yeah, like, and we get this, again, we get the end of the sword fight. And there are a couple of things that I think we should hit on here before we get into the Reign of X stuff and all, and all that. The most, I think, important thing, though, is the fact that Apocalypse is going to leave the books i think he will leave them for quite so what happens is you know the x-men win you know who, who could we all saw that coming you know the, the x-men echo are gonna win uh, that's that's predictable uh the thing is apocalypse leaving the the books for a while and in part because alpaluna saturnine i think gives gives him a choice uh, to you know gives her, him and genesis a choice and genesis chooses you know to be with her husband uh, and apocalypse in doing so switches out he leaves the seat it's official he's going to leave Krakow, i think for quite some weeks so we won't see him in in x-men excalibur whatever else book uh and he chooses instead the island of Araco and all of the prisoners i think that are laid on there uh which i think is an important note because this means that well a crucible can't happen anymore uh, and B, yeah, it's it's interesting. Apocalypse is no longer going to be on Krakoa. He's no longer going to be in a lot of these X-Books. Yeah, but you don't necessarily need Apocalypse to do the Crucible. There's so many better, you know, There you have Wolverine, you have Beast even that could do it. I mean, there's a lot of very capable uh, higher up X-Men that can totally do it. They just always chose Apocalypse because nobody could just feed, fight him like one-on-one. It's just not going to work. You know, but that doesn't mean that there's not other characters that could do it, you know? That's fair. That's completely fair. And I, I, I want to see again what, what happens with that uh, as as the series trudges along. Uh, the Another important, I guess another weird important thing, we, we finally figure out what the sword station was for. I, I kind of... Yes! I thought, that, I thought that oh, was when I... Dude, when I saw that, oh my god. Talk about fan service. Just... The sword coming out of the sky and, and attacking people. And I was just like, oh, so amazing. And I'm just like, yes, here we come. Give me more sword content, baby. Literally yeah. sword in the X of Swords. A beautiful, it was a beautiful moment. Uh, totally nerded out there when I saw that. Another important thing that we should note is the fact that the Captain Britain Corps, which I believe Hickman killed off in his Avengers run, is now officially back. We get to see them in Excalibur, and we get to see them in the Ten of Swords Destruction one shot, and I want to see where they go with that. I, I I think there's something intriguing, and added to the fact that Betsy is probably still alive and could come back at any time, it's an interesting part. The Captain Britain Corps returning is big, and I, I know we both. I talked to Mike about it uh, back when uh, the Ten of Swords Destruction one shot came out, and hey, like them being back is big. I think. I think so. It's gonna it's gonna open up to a lot of interesting things. I want more of the frog Captain Britain. All right, is, Captain I feel Amphibian. Like I'm a lot of Mister. Uh, yeah, is that his name? Captain Amphibian. Yeah. Where and what's the monkey's name? Captain Baboon. Captain Baboon. I believe of Earth. Gosh, what Earth is it? They're all from different Earths and seats. Like, there's a whole infographic display. Yeah, it's weird. Captain Baboon, anyways, is is the monkey's name. Yes. I, I, what about Captain Gambit? Like, what, where's that guy? I want, you know, like, it's it's awesome. And the whole idea of the multiverse and everything is is really cool. And I want to see more of these other worlds, you know what I mean? And and where we can go with it. This Reign of X, if I've learned anything from Hawkspox, if I've learned anything from the Dawn of X um, series, era, whatever you want to call it, anything and everything is possible in under Hickman in the X office. Like I, I can't 
every prediction I have made has fallen right on his face. They are doing such good work where you just you don't know where it's gonna come and you're and it's it's awesome all of it. And what could happen in the reign of X is all is anyone's guess. Seriously. Right. Right. Uh and the first we see the first cracks again of the Krakoan government with Jean already on her way out uh doing whatever the hell with Scott, I guess Logan and X-Force, uh, and Apocalypse choosing the uh, island of you know, Racco in, instead of him. We get the Opaluna Saturnine dialogue boxes where she is foretelling uh, the eventual fall of the Krakoan government. I think those two seats won't be filled up. There is, I, I don't know. I just don't think those two seats, I think they're just going to stay there. No need to replace them. I don't think anyone else will be up to the task, anyways. Definitely, definitely. But they need to. They need to fill it. They need to fill it. Uh, who who they'll fill it with? Uh, who knows? I mean, we got we got Laura coming out of there. We've got you know who knows? Who knows? Right. There there we got Smart. Well, uh, we we got Sunspot. No, nah, they they probably won't have Sunspot. They'll probably um, they'll have. But you know, hey man, there's armor. It's, sure. No, the seats are open, and yeah, yeah who knows? Who knows? And I guess the last thing, and then we'll get to Reign of X, hypes, predictions, and all that. Storm, at least from what I read in the Destruction one-shot, talks about uh, the goddess, which is, again, referring to Storm, uh, turns her eyes to the stars. So that means I think she probably could leave Marauders and go on her weird sp- on a weird space mission by herself. And if it gets me a Storm... Uh, 12 issue maxi series or something like that i'd be all up for it i think it's an interesting i don't know i think there's something interesting for her in this as well see and that's funny usually i catch things like that but i didn't catch that i know exactly what senior talk about and all that stuff but i'd even think about oh she's gonna go to space next so I mean, maybe it'll tie in with 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 Sword. You know, the Sword series that's coming out. Who knows? Who anything, knows? Like I said, anything and everything is possible. You know, I have zero predictions. I I literally cannot pre- predict much because I have no idea what's going to happen. Speaking of storm, speaking of predictions, before we get all into that, let's go ahead and take another one minute break. Talk more about our awesome friends over at the Gathering. Uh, we'll be right back in this installment of Ten of Swords content. In a world where all the largest pop figures in life are superheroes with capes, how about all the creators and characters who don't fill the spotlight as large as the others? What if I told you that there was an awesome podcast dedicated to the best creator-owned comics out there? Guys, Indie Comics is a show specified for all your indie comics needs. Self-publishers, branched-off creators, and small company powerhouses all come into play with them. Please go check out their show on the Grand Geek Gathering and all podcast platforms. That is, again, Indie Comics. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Dom of X show, or I should recall it the Scott Summers loving podcast with your host Dom Torres and rolling Dylan Eyes, Mr. Gray. <laughs> At the other the reluctant seat. co-host. The reluctant co-host. Very, very reluctant and and very he, he just he just doesn't want to give in. He's he's just he's just He's just weak. That's that's what he is. And speaking of weak, this is Ooh, okay, bro. Okay, bro. <laughs> I heard you say I'm weak, but let's see you say that to my face, bro. We'll see. We'll see how much weakness it comes when I squash your ass because I'm like a hundred pounds more than you. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That you know what? All right. You know what? That, that's that's all fair. That's all fair in games. So speaking of all fair in games, that's Marvel right. Marvel released. A uh, Marvel released a poster at the hands of uh, chief editor editor uh, C.B. Sebulski, uh, made an announcement on his Twitter and uh, on Marvel.com talking about the next era of X-Men, uh, the reign of X guys, the dawn of X. Like I said uh, earlier in the Ten of Swords live coverage, has ended. It ended with X-Men number twelve. And now we're going to enter a brand new era called the Reign of X. If you actually look in at the back, guys, at the back of your X-Men books, there usually is a reading order uh, where it lists uh, the uh, shots and, and all of that, like all of the titles uh, you guys have to read. There is a little deciphering message. 
there always is a deciphering message at the top uh, in Krakoan. I was able to decipher it uh, before all this stuff came out. And it literally says Reign of X. And that's what we're getting, guys. The Reign of X starts or has started when this episode comes out uh, on December the 2nd. Hellions number 7 and X-Factor number 5 will kick off this new era of X-Men. So, Dylan, let's talk about this poster that Mr. Mahmoud Asrar has has gifted and, called, and and made for us. Shall we? Okay, yes. So, right off the bat, boom. We got Bay and we got um, Cypher holding hands, staring deeply into each other's eyes. Boom. Great content. We got some Storm and Cyclops pointing action. We got Nimrod, so we're going to start seeing some no, Nimrod. No, 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 no. You can't leave out... No, don't leave out Gene. I, I know you were trying to... Maneuver your way out of that, Mr. Lucky Boy. We got some Cyclops and Gene action here. Thank we got, you. We got we got Nightcrawler reading and Bible that has an X on it. Okay, that's pretty cool. We got Laura and Darwin out of the vault, and she's in her. She has donned her Wolverine costume, looking dope. We got Patch. We got Wolverine as Patch. We got mm. Maverick, which I was not. I didn't completely forgot about Maverick until seeing him. We got we got. What looks like she's a storm holding some sort of pyramid-shaped thing. We got Emma Frost with the Hellfire Club thing. But the, what surprises me the most, the thing that's got me super juiced, we got the Shadow King and Arcade in the background. And I love me some Arcade VX-Men stuff, man. I always love it. I can yeah, for real. There is just so much on, on this poster to, to take in. One thing, all right, I think what we can do here is talk about three things on this poster that, that we're the most hyped for. And since I already did my Scott Jean love for like 95% of this episode, I won't, I, I won't torture you guys with much more of it. What I am, the, I think the thing I'm most excited for, man, I think the one thing I'm most excited for, dude, can we, Laura is back, okay? Laura is going to be back and she's going to be in our X books and she's going to be awesome, okay? Like, I can't wait when she comes out of the vault and and just kicks everyone's butt to the ground. Like I know I, it's it's funny because we got 20 like you know the stands are 23 and me but because we got Darwin it's going to be 23 and D. Mm. <laughs> Do you also notice how they look dim, demonstrably older in this poster? Right, well, Lord is in there for God knows how long, hundreds of years, who knows? Because Laura does not look young at all in, in this poster. She looks very much adult. She, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I want to call it Wolverine old, but she is very much more mature than she, more mature than she was uh, back when she entered the vault in X-Men number five. She's definitely, she's definitely putting in some, some wrinkles She's definitely gotten some uh, some uh, tread worn off of those tires. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Dylan, on this poster, what are you? Give me one thing that you're excited for in in this picture besides arcade and and the Shadow King. Well, since the Crucible issue, I'm I'm definitely excited to see where Nightcrawler goes and what he's going to be doing. Um, I've been waiting for the mutant religion since I read that issue. And I, I hope that's going to be a big thing. But to be honest, like that's cool and all. But ah, Laura, man, Laura and Darwin, which, by the way, are both really awesome characters. Uh, Darwin has always been one of my favorites since I read him back in the Peter David post M day X Factor runs. And he was a great character that they really just did. They don't do anything with, you know, and he he has the power to adapt to any situation. If he needs to turn into a balloon, he can do that. If he needs to grow skin that can't that can breathe underwater, he can do that. And that's the cool. That's such a cool power, you know. Absolutely. Now it's it's so interesting. I think the, the way that they could use his powers. You know, I want. I just, yeah, I know it's not going to happen, but hey, like, if we get a Laura Wolverine book again, like we, I think we did from 15 to 18 in the last decade, I'd, I'd be all up for it. I, I really want to see what, what Laura is able to do out of, finally out of Wolverine Shadow and as her own person. Like, 
I think that these two can coexist both as Wolverine and, and Laura literally straight up telling Logan that she is Wolverine in X-Men number five to me sells that, hey, like these guys know what they're writing. These guys know what they're doing. So um, it's good stuff. Yeah. And and having her, uh, like, you, you think like it's it's so obvious that she would wear a, a OG Wolverine costume and it wouldn't play right. But it it just looks so good. It's just, I love it. I just love it. I, I, I'm really happy that they, they bring it back and giving her it to her. You know, all the costumes, for the most part... I, no, every single costume that's been put into this has been great, you know? Um, this is, I'm this is my surprised, yeah. though, that, that Laura isn't wearing an all-white costume since it's Hickman run, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> well, you got Emma for the all-white, because she's the white queen of the Hellfire Club, or Corporation. Yeah, Corporation. Why am I saying Club for? They're not... Club. Anyways, so yeah, being a club, they're a corporation. That's right. Yeah, it's correct. That is correct. You know, what I also noticed your good old pal Legion, who is now an actual canon Omega level mutant, is on the left side of the poster. He's grinning and he's he's got that big strand of hair. He's got that big strand of hair going on to the left of Emma, like under that H or to the left. I didn't even see that. Good eye, bro. Yeah, I totally didn't catch that at all. And there he is right there with his crazy hair. And oh, man. Oh, man. We getting some Legion content. Hickman Legion? Who knows? Who knows what we're going to see? You know, I, I always I said from the beginning, I was like, what if my prediction was in when we recorded the Hawkspox uh, podcast that lead the whole that X Professor X was not Professor X. It was just Legion under the helmet. And that's why he was wearing the helmet the whole time. Right, and, and we find out in X-Men number four with the dinner at the Economic Forum that it was actually Charles Xavier under that helmet, and we were all, I guess not all of us were fooled, but you know, a good number of us were. And hey, like the, the, the stuff that they could do with Legion in, in this new era of X-Men with, with Krakoa and all that, how does that all, all turn out? How does that all turn out well? It could turn out well, could turn out bad, but hey, he's a Omega-level mutant. They need to be. He needs to be put under protection, you know, according to the Krakoan protocols. I want to see where that all turns out with Mister Legion, and Sinister needs those codes in as well. So might as well bring him on the island. Yeah, we got Shadow King, we got Legion, we got Arcade. We, I mean, who's next? Who else are we going to bring out? Who who are we going to see? What what X what X villains do you want to see? I mean, obviously Mojo, you know, that's a guarantee. That's something that'd be great to see. They're really, I think that's going to be our third third um whatever the the third version or the third era of this x-men that's that's going to be the mo some mojo action in there you know that's my prediction i think too man like there there is a couple more things on this on this poster that i want to i want to point out to our, our listeners do you do you notice the nimrod behind uh scott and gene and and bay and cypher in in yep. the poster Oh boy, mm -hmm. that's not that's not looking out too well for the mutants. If Orcus does continue their their plans towards this eventual uh, building mechanism of uh, Homo Superior destruction, which is what they've been yeah. titled to do, it's not. Yeah, it's uh, that is something to watch. We know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen though, because the powers of X. You know, that's right. So it's Our... not surprising. It was only a matter. It was only a matter of time. Only a matter of time, indeed. Uh, one, I guess, yeah, one more other thing I really want to point out in, in this Reign of X poster. Uh, if you see Monet and, and Warren on the top left, how both of them are sort of split. So you have the Angel and Ambit on one side, right? And then you have the Archangel and Penance on the other side. I think this could mean two things. We will get that X Corp book that I, that has been teased throughout this entire run that will star them, or it could just be a metaphor meta, a metaphor talking about succumbing to like your past self or succumbing to your true self, sort of becoming oh the duality oh, of of mutantdom essentially is what you're talking exactly. about exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think both. I honestly, let's just I'm gonna just go ahead and say I think both. You know, it's it's gonna be an interesting self-seeking adventure for uh, themselves and and how that's 
all gonna all gonna plan out in in the next uh, era, or uh, yeah, in the next era of of Hickman X Men. And yeah, and yeah, and there, yeah, yeah, you already pointed out Wolverine as Patch and Maverick. I'm I'm really glad that Logan gets to have his own. I really, I, yeah, I I really just want Logan solo adventures. I think he's gonna be fun. I want him to carve out just like how Scott and Gene are tracking down their own paths. I think Logan needs to be on his own path too, and recognizing that you know again, he he, he didn't sign up for Omega Red to get on the island with him. I would like to see a Logan that carves out his own identity in this reign of X and the fact that he's teaming up with Maverick honestly just makes up some fun adventures I think for the both of them. I think we're going to I think we're going to see a lot more of the vampire stuff. I think we're going to see a lot more some some more weapon X stuff and it's safe to say and we might see some Lady Deathstrike. That's true. That's true. And yeah, everything is up in the air for Logan. And yeah, there are, are there is like a couple more things we get to see. There behind Scott and Gene guys, there are four shadowed figures. I have no idea who those are because they're so 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 like unseeable. I can barely get a glimpse of who they actually are. Hopefully, we'll figure out who they actually are when it comes to you know December and onward. Uh, the weird one, uh, the one on the left, the one on the left, all the way at the left there. Yes, I'm calling it now. It's going to either be Dazzler or Boom Boom. All right. That hair. Sure. Maybe you know what? It could be. I think it could. You know what? This is this is this is wilding out. It could be the F four. I think you could lo- look at that. It could be Johnny. It could be Ben next to him or behind the one behind Gene and behind Scott. That's a have... hard no. No, you're reaching nope. on that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel that. We're just gonna stop that discussion. There's no way that's at FF, bro. Hey man, Hickman's already. Re- I, I I'm I'm just I'm just trying to look with my two eyes. Anyways, that, anyways, yeah, th- those weird figures. It could be anyone. Could be anyone. Who knows. Tarn the Uncaring, the guy that we saw in Hellions, is also behind Archangel. And like we said, I want to see some of that uh, Arakoan-Krakoan battle it, duking it out between him and Sinister as far as genetics and DNA are concerned. That'll, that would be cool, uh, I think, anyways. But, hey, like, again, the, the possibilities of Hickman X-Men are endless. And I'm really glad that we finally get to see, hopefully, an emotional payoff for all of our mutants, and like I said, I'm really hyped for the, the adventures of Scott Summers uh, as, as this era rolls along. I know Mr. Dylan has probably rolled his eyes at me at least 25 times uh, from all of my filthy standing, but you know, it's, it is what yes, it is. We definitely, we definitely need to start making a counter. Moving forward in Reign of X, we're going to have a counter now every time I roll my eyes at Dominic. Okay, guys, so, we start doing that. So the next time Scott and Gene kiss, I wanna, I want like a ding, I want a ding counter, where like every single time you're just like, Dom, shut up, let's move on. <laughs> I'll just, you know, I won't even, I'll just ding, I'll just ding into the mic. That way people know that I rolled my eyes, you know. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, for real, guys. I'm, I'm really excited to see where those two are gonna head along. I'm really excited to see where Laura's at. We're both excited to see what Storm has up her sleeve. And what she's going to be playing along with the Marauders, same with Emma, Wolverine, Legion, Archangel, Monet, the Shadow King, Nightcrawler's Weird Religion, and and so much more. Again, the possibilities are endless in an ever expanding X office. And hopefully my my hopefully my wallet doesn't die before then. Uh, but until then, guys, right? Uh, hey, I, I'm all in for it. I'm really in, again. I'm really enjoying the stuff that they're putting out. And even though, like again, some of the stuff I've been on off about. I'm so having so much fun, so much fun reading all of this X-Men stuff. It's 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 been a long time since I uh got hyped for something like this on on my pages. So, really really excited for what Hickman and Co are going to bring along with the Reign of X and how it's going to pay off for every single mutant that we've got on our hands. That's right. That's absolutely right. And again, guys, if you guys want to hit us up or leave a comment uh please Please, 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 guys, please email us at domofxpodcast at gmail.com. That's at domofxpodcast at gmail.com. We want to thank our producers, our hosts, our amazing dudes at the Grand Geek Gathering. Thank you guys so much for hosting this podcast. Again, awesome work that they're doing. 
over there, guys. Please go check them out at thegrandgeekgathering.com. Again, all the amazing geekery content is on that site. You guys won't be disappointed by any single one of those podcast articles, whatever it may be. And again, I want to thank Dylan uh, for getting through at least what has been 40 minutes of standing two characters that he <laughs> is not most fond of. But anyways, I want to thank... Ding! <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to thank him for um, getting through the torture of me uh, fanboying over over Scott and Gene. So yeah, thank you for uh, being on the uh, podcast again, dude. I, it's It's been a pleasure. Love to be here, bro. Love to be here. It is what it is. And yeah, go ahead and hit us up, guys. Domovex Studio for the podcast. Mr. Dylan Gray on all platforms if you want to follow my co-host. I thank you guys again so much. We will be there every step of the way for the Reign of X. We have a lot of stuff planned up. We're going to be covering all the X stuff from the past. We have so much to cover on this podcast. But until then, guys, and uh, we're signing out. We will see you next time on the island of Krakoa.